This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is... This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Jackson Jackson himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Bet Online. Uh, I am your host, Blake Level. With me is my co host, Dylan Reagan, and we're back here as we continue our uh, burning question series for uh, every team in the NFL, and we're doing it by division. Uh, we've already knocked out uh, the East in terms of the AFC East and the NFC East. Now we are going to go West as uh, we jump into the AFC West. And look at uh, some of these teams in terms of uh, what we're thinking about with them as, uh, you know, we start to move towards the season and uh, we don't exactly know when the season will start, what it's going to look like when it does start. But what are the biggest questions with these teams uh, as we look at it now after the NFL draft? And Dylan, um, you just kind of look at the AFC West and uh, we we said it last year, it was it was an intriguing division last year because... Uh, mm-hmm. You saw probably, you know, the Chargers didn't live up to expectations. The Broncos, you could see them start to make their move, feel like they were getting better. The Raiders felt like they were getting better. Uh, and, of course, you had the Chiefs that won the Super Bowl. But I think this year it's it's even more intriguing because, you know, the Chargers have a new quarterback and they drafted in the top ten. Uh, the Broncos, mm-hmm. you know, they're adding playmakers to the mix on offense. And then the Raiders, uh, you know, they're trying to take another step forward as they move to a new location. And then the Chiefs, of course, trying to defend their title. So uh, another intriguing season, seemingly, here in the AFC West. Yeah, even for, you know, for a lot of divisions, there's a lot of more intrigue around uh, when there's multiple teams kind of in competition or considered to have a good chance of winning that division. I think that, yeah, it's interesting for the AFC West that despite the Chiefs clearly being the class of the division, there's still so many intriguing things happening in terms of what these other teams can do, where they might end up. 
by the end of the season, as you mentioned, yeah, I, as you know, even the Chargers, if, I was surprised that they finished last. Looking back at the schedule, it makes sense now uh, from last season. But yeah, the Raiders, uh, obviously, I think they have a few more holes than maybe the Broncos in my mind in terms of what I'm imagining. But they have different strengths too. So a lot of things that at this point we are, you know, anticipating. But at the same time, there's more uncertainty with those teams. The Chiefs are obviously not in that <laughs> same class. We, I think we tend to know what we're going to expect from them. But for the other ones, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised by the end of it if the collective record of this division is up there with the best in the NFL, just given there's just a lot of depth. There's no, like, real bad uh, bottom feeder kind of team here. Every team uh, expects to at least be in the conversation towards the end of the season for at least a wild card berth. Yeah, and we'll start with the team that did finish last. As you said, I think it's kind of surprising to think that the Chargers were the worst team in the division last year uh, when we went in thinking that they could be a playoff team. But that's how it you know kind of unfolded. Uh, and what was a disappointing season for the Chargers, and now uh, they are going to overhaul things. Um, you know, you look at it; they're going to have uh, you know a new territory to work with in terms of a stadium. Uh, they got a new quarterback, and uh, that's what the question is for the Chargers. For us, in terms of the most burning question for them is uh, how long will it be until we see Justin Herbert uh, <laughs> as the quarterback for the Chargers? And once that happens. Uh, you know, how is he going to hold up? How is he going to look? Uh, I think those are all, you know, intriguing aspects because we look at it uh, with the Chargers. Uh, we know and we've heard the rumors about, you know, obviously there were a lot of rumors that they were going to take an offensive tackle or something like that, which seemingly every team was connected to an offensive tackle at one point. Uh, but they chose to go with Justin Herbert, and I don't think that was much of a surprise. That's sort of where we all had him pegged to go in the NFL draft. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, there have been the rumors still in that <laughs> the Chargers are, are fine right now with moving forward with Tyrod Taylor until maybe they, they figure out when uh, they want to move forward with Justin Herbert as the starter. Uh, so it's going to make for a pretty fascinating race, I think, there in terms of how that position unfolds for them mm-hmm. this season. I don't think we expect Justin Herbert to be the starter week one or anything like that, barring an injury. Um, but how quickly maybe they make that move to him, uh, that's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, we've heard this narrative before with Tyrod Taylor. I was saying <laughs> but right before we recorded, it reminds me so much of when the Browns drafted Baker Mayfield and Tyrod already uh, previously that season had a pretty good year. Uh, it was a pretty good game for the Browns and sure enough started that uh, season pretty well as well. But uh, eventually you're going to see these quarterbacks, these teams know how valuable it is to capitalize on their rookie contracts and at least get some experience. So I uh, anticipate just like we saw maybe even with Jared Goff too as well, uh, where these guys by the you know week five, six, seven, eight, somewhere in that range, you're likely going to see him and what he's able to do. Uh, I mean, we'll see. I, I you know going into the draft, definitely thought uh, in, in my mind that Joe Burrow and Tua were kind of in a class above but I, I do think Herbert has a lot of interesting skills and goes into a situation here with the Chargers for a team that you know ends up with a six overall pick because of their five and eleven record I think they have way more talent than that so I think he's in the best situation uh, a lot of great skill players despite you know some of the, the guys that they lose um, obviously you know if Mike Williams can continue to stay healthy he's such a huge part of that offense keep you know we keep Hunter Henry on the franchise tag still have Eckler and obviously Keenan Allen were the best route runners in the league I, I know i've talked previously about their seventh round pick kj hill even making an impact possibly this year so they have a lot of interesting parts i yeah i know that yeah, they bring in brian balaga they really tried to work on their offensive line they still could have probably gotten another tackle that was a need that they didn't address in the draft so we'll see I, you know, it sounds like balaga could play left tackle too so they might slide him over and, and it becomes more of a question mark at right tackle but 
Uh, I think for Herbert, he's such a smart mobile quarterback, too, that is able to make things happen under pressure. It's obviously going to be a whole different level here. So, uh, yeah, I do think for him it'll be good to sit behind Tyrod for a bit. And for the Chargers overall, if their defense can respond to and put them in, you know, in games where Herbert isn't having to do too much themselves, I know the defense took kind of a slide from what we expected uh, last season. But if they can bounce back, and I, I, I think they probably will, then, yeah, I mean, there's no reason that Herbert can't be, you know, it, even if he's not putting up huge numbers, he could still win uh, some games as a rookie, absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting to think about, too. We mentioned the Chargers finished last in the division last year, but and we talk about, our, you know, obviously we expect them to improve, but you could probably still look at it and say they can improve and maybe still be the worst team in this division because of what we said yeah. about how <laughs> we're going to talk about these other teams. and it's still possible that, you know, they could be a, a better team. And I don't know if you want to say that they could be a significantly better team, but they could be a lot better. And yet they may not move up to standings just based on how we view some of these other teams. And, and that brings us to the Broncos. And I think these two kind of tie together uh, because the Broncos are a team that, you know, we expect to also take another step forward. And we saw the mm-hmm. potential with their offense last year, I know we were talking a lot about that, you know, towards the end of the season, seeing things that impressed us with Drew Locke. And now, you know, looking at what they have on offense and the different elements that they have added to the mix, of course, adding uh, Jerry Judy, and we mentioned KJ Hamler getting your two picks, you know, wide receivers that should step in and help right away uh, for a, a, a unit that, you know, Cortland Sutton became a star. Uh, you have Philip Lindsay, you have Melvin Gordon, you know, and now it's mm-hmm. it's Drew Locke. Like there are so many different aspects of this offense that make it impossible not to like the Broncos. And that's our question for the Broncos is, does Denver now have the firepower that we just mentioned to make the playoffs? And so if we look at it from that standpoint, Dylan, where we yeah. do think that the Broncos certainly – on offense, um, they've they've got the they've mm-hmm. got the horses like they no no pun intended but like they they have the guys seemingly that they need to score a lot of points. Now it's a matter of can the defense you know do what they need to do to help them get there. But I don't know. You look at this Broncos roster. I don't know that their schedule is the easiest, but uh, mm-hmm. this is still a team that you know we've got an added playoff spot now, right? So. Um, you know, you could certainly <laughs> see the Broncos making a move maybe towards the playoffs, even as early as this year. Yeah, that extra playoff spot really adds some optimism because it's, it's, you know, it's only one more team. But it's just so, like, you know, when, when that got announced, we reviewed all these teams that would have made it from years past. There's a lot of eight and eight teams, a lot of nine and seven teams that missed the playoffs that would have made it. And you definitely could see the Broncos. I mean, they were seven and nine last year. They were, I know they came on hot in the second half of the season. If you, some things uh, went their way earlier in the year, they could have had a much uh, different end to the season. But yeah, I mean, they were ecstatic, obviously, to get Judy when he fell to them, then also KJ Hamler to be able to get both of those guys that are probably going to start immediately alongside Cortland Sutton. And you have kind of, everyone kind of brings a different element um to that offense and you know the offensive line was already uh pretty good and they add Cushenberry there with the third round pick he might slide in to start at center right away and yeah i, I mean you, you mentioned all the other uh, talented players they have it's it should i mean it's on drew lock i think there's a lot of pressure on him i i you know he's a lot of help for sure but it's going to kind of you know when you look at this if they end up not uh performing that well it's going to probably a lot of the blame is going to fall on him just given the amount of talent he has and what he has to work with over the second half of the year. We, yeah, we talked about how impressed we were with Drew Locke, you know, for a team that for many years 
the defense, you know, outside of, you know, the early Peyton Manning years in Denver where he was going off, then he kind of uh, slid down at the end of his career. But the defense really carried them for so long. Now the defense has kind of slid into this middle of the pack range and it hasn't been enough to really make them a playoff team. But if they just stay in that kind of range where they were last year, where they're still a solid defense, not a great one, I think the offense has improved enough that we can expect that they'll, yeah, win some more games. Like you said, the schedule's not not necessarily easy, not necessarily hard either. I, I mean, it's just the whole – when anytime you have to face the Chiefs twice, that's not great yeah. <laughs> for your uh, prospects. And, you know, all these teams draw the NFC South and that, with Tampa Bay and the Saints at the top of that division. There's some tough games, but I, I feel like Denver is a team that, yeah, it's going to probably come down at the end of the season to some of these close games against these other teams in the middle of the pack. And hopefully for their sake, yeah, their offense has – you no, know, it has the it has like you said, it has the horses. Now it's just a time to see what they can do and see if Drew Locke can really you know live up to the expectations we've kind of uh, put forth on him now as he goes into his second year. And here's the thing with the Broncos schedule, and this applies to the other teams in the AFC West too, is that they play a lot of teams that we have no idea what to expect from. For example, you know, like they play the Steelers. We expect the Steelers to be better at Big Ben. We don't exactly know what it's going to look like for the Steelers. They play the Bucks. Yes, we know what the expectations are for the Bucks, but they're also a team that's going to look completely different than they did a year ago. The Jets, the Patriots, also two teams you'd expect to look a little bit different, more so the Patriots and the Jets. Um, and then you've got the mm-hmm. Dolphins. You know, you've got the Falcons. And, of course, you have the Raiders and the Chargers. They play all these teams that, like, we they feel like such a wide range of how their seasons could go. Um, so it, it makes it hard to predict, you know, how, from at least at this point, mm-hmm. how many games the Broncos are going to win uh, just because they're playing a lot of teams that, that are very unpredictable and maybe have proven to be unpredictable uh, and or are completely, you know, changing the landscape of their franchise. Uh, and so while we may have certain expectations, we don't exactly know how it's going to unfold. So Broncos may be a team uh, that's kind of tough to, to make your bets on uh, as you move forward in terms of uh, could they could they be a team that makes the playoffs? Well, if you want to do some betting, uh, as we said, maybe not advising it to be on the Broncos right now because uh, we don't exactly know what their record could be or if they'll make the playoffs. But uh, you can do all your betting over at uh, our friends Bet Online uh, because while there's currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB going on, uh, there's nothing to bet on. That's what you may think, but of course you would be wrong because our exclusive partner bet online still has hundreds of events games and props to wager on Uh, they've got their online casino with poker and blackjack and they are bringing vegas to you if you're missing the nfl like we are no problem at all because bet online still has the live daily madden nfl 20 simulations that you can bet on and you can still bet on survivor big brother american idol stock prices and the nathan's hot dog eating contest and you can do it 24 hours a day because everything is online. All you got to do is go to betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, BLUEWIRE, to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Uh, That is BetOnline, your online wagering solution. And guys, uh, you heard Dylan talking about uh, he was unsure about the Broncos performing well this season. Well, you don't have to worry about performance issues because our friends at Blue Chew uh, will take care of that. Because uh, if you're looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds, all you got to do is get over to BlueChew.com uh, because BlueChew.com 
has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. Uh, you could be a playoff performer uh, with Blue Chew. Uh, they've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. And since they're chewable, they work even faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't have to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online position is free of cost and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. And here's a great deal for you guys, just because you listen to the show. If you visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use the promos code BLUEWIRE, all one word, BLUEWIRE, just pay the $5 shipping again. That's BlueChew.com, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, Dylan, um, let's talk about uh, the Raiders, because they are a team that we can probably tie in with the exact same sort of situation when it comes to the Chargers and the Broncos because, you know, we was kind of a, a musical chairs, it felt like, uh, last year where we didn't really know who was going to be the worst team in this division and we didn't know which one of these teams were going to be the one that maybe could not necessarily beat the Chiefs but yeah. uh, could be the team that, that could finish second in the division. Now, there was a point in time, I know we all had those uh, talks about how the Raiders were, were could be in first place and all this other stuff, but didn't exactly pan out. Now for the Raiders, uh, we, we teased earlier, of course, that they are in a new location. Um, they're going to, to be in Las Vegas, and there's probably going to be a lot of times this year that uh, I am going to call them the Oakland Raiders, but uh, we yes. just know right <laughs> off the bat that it's a, it's a habitual thing. Um, but, you know, playoffs, again, is the theme here with the Raiders, and that's our burning question for them, and that is can Las Vegas weather the early storm and still compete for a playoff spot late in the year. And here's why we word it that way. Because the Raiders' schedule early on is not exactly easy. Um, let's go through here, Dylan, their their start to their schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, week one, now you would actually think, and I was joking about this, and I'm, I'm going to hold off on my bowl prediction right now, but I joked about this before we started recording. Their week one is their best chance probably to win a game, if you just look at it on paper, for quite a while, because here's the rest of their schedule leading up to, I want to say it's mid-November. So they start yeah. with their first games at the Panthers. Then they host the Saints. They're at the Patriots, which we don't know what to expect from the Patriots, but that's still going to be a tough road game, you'd expect. They're at home against the Bills. They're at the Chiefs. They get a bye. Then they come home against the Bucks, And then they go to Cleveland to play the Browns. And then after that, they go to, you know, they play at the Chargers. So, I mean, that's that's a really tough start. Those first eight games right there, really, I mean, kind of the bookend at the Panthers in week one, at the mm-hmm. Chargers in their eighth game, like that, those would seemingly probably be the easiest games in there. I mean, the Patriots, we don't know what to expect from them. But, like, we expect the Saints, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bucks, and mm-hmm. maybe even the Browns to all be playoff teams or at least be in that hunt. So, if the Raiders can somehow, you know, obviously be better than two and six or something like that in the stretch, I mean, their their back half of the schedule looks pretty good, and that could actually help them mm-hmm. in their playoff push. Yeah, I mean, they it's a tougher draw, like we're saying, compared to say the Chargers who get the Jags and the Bengals on their schedule, where where the Raiders here uh, get the Browns, like we were mentioning early in the year, and obviously all of these teams. I mean. Yeah, when you look at the last five games, last six games, depending on how the Falcons pan out, it looks a heck of a lot better. <laughs> but what their record looks like when they get to that point is hard to know. I 
I'm still encouraged by, you know, I don't know if they're going to be a playoff team, but I, you know, I really liked what we saw from their defense at certain points last year, uh, all things considering, obviously, the uh, Abram injury pretty early on, yep. and I think actually week one on a Monday Night Football game, he comes back, uh, Jonathan Abram, fully healthy. You add, I, we'll see what Damon Arnett can do off the bat. We, I know we talked about him being a bit of a reach, but overall, I do like what I see in the defense. I, as a, someone who watched a lot of Rams football, Corey Littleton's a great <laughs> A player, underrated a linebacker that adds an element to their defense they just didn't really have a year ago. So that makes me encouraged. In addition to, yeah, the offense, um, obviously, Hunter Renfro is a guy that, out of all the, the skill players they have, it doesn't get mentioned quite as much. Fifth-round pick, looking back now, and he's still just such an important part of what that offense can do, being a safety net for Derek Carr. And yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting. Their first year in Vegas, a lot of pressure. They have all these primetime games. And uh, what they do early in the year, it, it reminds me a little bit of last year. Where we were worried about the, the Browns' schedule early in the season, but we thought they could weather the storm, and then they did not. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, it's just tough. And, you know, I, I, for the AFC overall, as we talked about, even though it's such a top-heavy conference and there's just a lot of a lot of area in the middle for these teams to make a name for themselves and uh, possibly get to the playoffs, I don't know. I, it, just a lot of uncertainty, kind of like the Broncos. There's things you're encouraged about. Um, I think Henry Ruggs does fit well into their offense, even if I would have maybe taken a different receiver with that uh, first selection there. But, you know, if everyone's it's, – it's health is obviously a huge part of this. Yep. Too. Their offensive line is is still pretty solid, and, you know, I, I like what they had going there. And uh, Derek Carr, obviously, there's a lot of pressure on him. I do like, the, you know, something that you might have mentioned coming up here about having that backup quarterback in Marcus Mariota. It's almost like the yep. reverse of <laughs> Tennessee last year where – I said it before the season, you know, how important it is to have that kind of backup. You know, Derek Carr, you know, tough guy, but everyone, you know, so many teams have injuries to their starters and having a reliable backup. And, uh, you know, with all due respect to Nathan Peter, I'd rather have Mariota in the game yep. <laughs> for my team. And, yeah, I mean, it's a guy that John Gruden's obviously he's very vocal about supporting every player in his team. But you can tell he's legitimately excited about what Mariota, if he has to step in, what he can do with that offensive line, with the skill players they have. They have a lot of so they have all this talent. They have all these guys, and you see what you know the thought process. I don't think their draft was as good in 2020 as you know the 2019 class, which really has panned out quite well, especially on the defensive side of the ball. This year, they tried to address the offense. Um, you know, outside of Henry Rugg stepping in, I don't know how much we're going to see from Lynn Bowden, or I think they took Brian Edwards as well in the third round. So they got some interesting guys there, but it's more. More so for me, it's what we saw start on the defensive side of the ball in 2019, how it translates, how it improves. And I think out of these teams, which, you know, the Broncos, not nothing spectacular on defense. The Chargers, I feel like they, you know, I expect more from their defense from what they gave us last year, you know, going back to 2018, what they did in 20, that season. Um, and then the Chiefs defense, which obviously took a huge step forward, um, but nonetheless is still not, you know, a top unit. I think the Raiders have a chance to have the best defense in the division. How much will that matter given the firepower of the, their opposing offenses? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see by the end of it what their what their record looks like. But if they just if they can just you know get through there with around 500 or even just barely under 500, you start to get a lot more optimistic. And just like the Broncos, that extra seventh playoff spot gives you even more incentive to try to go for it. I think I know your answer to this, and I think I know my answer to this, but of these three teams that we've talked about, um, the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Raiders, which mm-hmm. which are you the most – I guess the, the best way to ask it is 
which are you the least confident in in terms of maybe <laughs> taking a step like a, a big enough step forward? I don't even want to say the playoffs, well, but of those three teams, wh- which one do you have the least confidence in right now? Oh, it's I mean it's between the Raiders and Chargers. I I'm more confident in the Broncos. I don't yeah. I mean if you listen to us talk at the end of uh last <laughs> season about Denver, it sounded like they were the third seed in the in the conference, but <laughs> so you can uh, they're definitely a team that I'm uh, more optimistic on uh you know like the Chargers record-wise I'm optimistic they're going to take a jump just because 5 and 11 I didn't really feel reflected who they are and what they have yeah. so in that in, in record-wise I'm the least confident in the Raiders getting better than <laughs> 7 and 9 that is for sure um it, it's yeah more shaky in my in terms of my confidence uh with them but I, I do I, I legitimately do think their defense can be pretty solid and I think that will go a long way for, you know, so many years where Derek Carr was, you know, putting up, even last year, putting up huge numbers and it didn't really yeah. end up mattering so much. So I don't know. May, record-wise, it's got to be the Raiders in terms of least confidence in them improving. But in terms of actual, like, what they put on the field, it's close to the Chargers because I, I just don't know. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm so, like, worn down by fatigued by having uh, optimism and <laughs> I just can't really do it anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the, the stadium is what they need, but uh, I, I would pick the Chargers too. I I just think that, and again, I don't trust the Raiders because um, we get, yeah. they're going through, I mean, look, they're making a, a big move too. And uh, I mean, there's, there's lots of unknowns. We said the quarterback position, you know, Derek Carr, who knows? It could be Marcus Mariota's team at some point. Uh, you, you just don't know how that's going to unfold. And so, it's hard to trust the Raiders, but I still think I probably have more uncertainty with the Chargers. But I'm with you in that thinking that at this point, I, I think the Broncos are the second best team in the division. But um, I, I don't know. We'll we'll see if that pans out. But uh, it's 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 fascinating with these three for sure. And then of course that brings us to uh, the Super Bowl champions. The Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they are the best team in the world. There's no need to even have a question. So let's go ahead and wrap up the episode. Um, I'm kidding. We're not We're not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> we, But with the Chiefs, I mean, the question is pretty simple here. And we thought about this and we're like, you know, what, what else can you really ask? Um, and that is, can the Chiefs maintain their excellence and be the first repeat Super Bowl champ in 16 years? So that's the question here. And, and we've always said it. Uh, you've heard everyone who's won a Super Bowl. It's always it getting there is one thing, you know, staying there is another. And and we've talked about the stats with teams that get to the Super Bowl, uh, whether it's a team that wins the Super Bowl uh, or is the runner-up. Um, you know, there's always these weird stats in terms of how they play the next season uh, yeah. and all of that. And it's not going to be easy for the Chiefs. But as we talked about, you know, really – they're not they don't look a whole lot different like this is a team that's pretty much the same uh, for the most part and I think that's why it's easy to understand that while I think you look around at some of the odds right I mean I think the odds right now have the Ravens as the team with the best um you know odds to win the Super Bowl great schedule yeah because of their (laughs) schedule and we'll talk about them once we get to them in our series um but uh, yeah I mean it's just for the Chiefs it is that simple can they maintain what they've already done and and that's going to be a challenge but with basically, you know, somewhat of the same roster and having Patrick Mahomes, uh, going to be a lot easier maybe than it's been for some of the other teams that have tried to do this. Yeah, I think their offense. There's no reason to expect them to, to fall down in any way. Even, you know, they, they stayed reasonably, uh, you know, explosive when Mahomes is out uh, with Matt Moore playing quarterback. So 
yeah, I expect, you know, they just there's no reason to expect Mahomes himself to to go down in any stance. And so they're they're gonna be putting up a ton of points. But yeah, they still have some competition, obviously, in the conference. Um and it's just not easy to repeat. It's not easy to win, you know, at a certain point if you get a buy at least, you know, three straight games against three of the best teams in the NFL that are gonna be facing you in those rounds. It's just really tough to go on that kind of stretch and expect to win. There's so many great teams that just have never, never won Super Bowls. Um, and obviously not many that have repeated we were, we're, I was, you know, looking back at all the past years and I'm like, wow, it hasn't happened since the Patriots won Super Bowl 38 and 39. And there's been some teams that, uh, looked, you know, one maybe comparable for me is it feels like coming off of the Packers Super Bowl and everyone was saying how from Super Bowl 45 they win with Aaron Rodgers. He's real, he's you know older than Mahomes is now, but everyone was like not how you know not if the Packers will win another Super Bowl, but how many? And of course they yeah. haven't won one. And you know I, I do think Mahomes is on a different level and Andy Reid just such a fantastic coach. And I think their defense is better than what Green Bay had going into that year. But they still went 15-1 and the year after they won a Super Bowl and then got knocked out in, in the playoffs. It only takes one team to get hot. We saw what the Titans did to the Ravens last year. Um, yeah, man. It's so that, yeah, there's not a lot of question marks for the Chiefs in terms of what I expect on offense, on defense. I think Chris Jones signing the, if he can sign the tender, that's going to be such a huge part of their defense. We, when he was in, uh, on the game for them versus out. I mean, talk about there's a lot of defensive players that you don't necessarily notice their impact on the field, but uh, his in particular, they just look completely different when he's out there. He's, you know, for an interior defensive lineman, he's such a great pass rusher, but also helps uh, a run defense that overall, you know, has been pretty bad still even though it improved last year the run defense was still towards the bottom in DVOA it didn't really matter because you know they're not teams are having the pass to keep up with them but that's the same kind of concern if they do fall behind teams can run on them so I think Chris Jones getting him back on defense is going to be such an important part of that because otherwise I mean their secondary last year kind of took off um, and Overall, I was impressed with what they were able to do, you know, just coming from if you go that Rams Chiefs game was only two years ago and they gave up all 50 some odd points to the Rams. I think their defense from then when it just looked like they couldn't really stop anyone and end up costing them in the AFC title game to the Patriots that year. They really took a huge step forward. And if they can just stay close to what they did in, you know, last season, I think the Chiefs offense. I mean, it, it, it regressed from 2018 to last year just because it was impossible to put up the level of, <laughs> of production that they had in 2018. But I think they're probably going to even improve a little bit from last season now after putting up numbers that, were, while still great, uh, <laughs> might not be reflective of how just fantastic Patrick Mahomes is. So, yeah, the Chiefs are – it's not really a question for me of what they're going to be able to do as long as Mahomes stay, stays healthy. They're going to probably be one of those top few seeds. But can they, you know, get when they get in the playoffs, stay hot – and, you know, make a run and do what, you know, the expectations are as much as they, you know, they went the, get this Super Bowl under their belt. First one in 50 years. Mahomes gets one and, you know, early in his career doesn't have to ever have that kind of monkey off his back situation like so many great quarterbacks um, in NFL history. But now, yeah, it's about whether he can, you know, this team can become not just one of the best offenses uh, that we've seen in the modern era, but be can become a dynasty. They have a chance, you know, arguably with Mahomes, with Andy Reid, with all these pieces <laughs> They have they have the weapons and the firepower to become a team that we look back on as one of the all time great teams. Maybe the, the team of this coming decade now. Well, they've got a lot of potential entertaining games on their schedule this year. Um, you know, they're at the Ravens on Monday night on September twenty eighth. 
Uh, and this is not even talking about the divisional games, which you know are always fun. But yeah. you know they, they play at the Bucks. They've got Tom Brady on on November 29th in Tampa, uh, an afternoon game there at least right now. And then they go to the Saints on December the 20th. So there's lots of potential shootout type of games with the Chiefs here, uh, just yeah. knowing their offense. And uh, I know that you know we'll have our predictions for week one of the NFL season in several months, hopefully that things start on time and everything. But, yeah. Dylan, I'm going to go ahead and call my shot right now and tell you that barring a, a massive injury to Patrick Mahomes or something like that throughout the offseason, my lock of the week in week one, I don't even care what the line is right now, take the Chiefs <laughs> and the points against the Texans. Uh, mark it down because uh, this is not going to look like the Chiefs and Texans game from the playoffs uh, last year. I And maybe that go, that already gives you kind of a hint of where I'm at on the Texans. And uh, I can't wait to talk about our, our brand division here, the AFC South. Uh, yes. But I'm telling you right now, I, I think the Chiefs are going to come out and, and take care of business there in week one against the Texans. So if you want, yeah. if you want your bets, get them in early. Get them in now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll get to the Texans on that episode. But I, I love Deshaun Watson. I still think they'll be able to put up some points. But I, I agree that <laughs> and I would pretty much there's there's a lot that would have to change for me not to bet on the Chiefs, not only to win, but to cover in that game. I I do not have much confidence in Houston's defense stopping um, Mahomes and company. And I, I think they want to even send a message that, you know, that 24-0 lead, not only was it kind of a fluke within that game, but it was a fluke overall. Yeah. And uh, it would set a great tone for Kansas City to come off the, the, the Super Bowl victory with a dominant performance. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I don't anticipate, again, we'll get to Houston, but their defense, <laughs> I'm not, not too sure about it, man. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, there you go. That, clearly, we are uh, very strongly on the side of the Chiefs uh, in week one. We'll, we'll wait to make our other predictions uh, for week one once we get there. But uh, that'll wrap up uh, our burning questions here for the AFC West. And uh, as we've said, if you haven't listened to our other ones, go back, uh, listen to uh, the ones we did for the NFC East and the AFC East, uh, our thoughts on those eight teams, and we'll continue uh, to move along here with all the divisions in the NFL. Look at our burning questions uh, for all the teams. But uh, in terms of the other stuff we have going on, Dylan, lots of stuff going on over Clutch Points. Uh, we're doing some fun stuff over there, actually ranking the schedules. We mentioned them a lot mm-hmm. in our series here. Well, we're ranking the schedules for each team in these divisions. Who has the toughest schedule in the division? Who has the easiest? Uh, we're going through those and let everybody know where they can find all that and more. Yeah, you can find all of our NFL content on clutchpoints.com in the NFL section of the tab right there at the top of the page. Yeah, a lot of still a lot of news and yeah, going through the schedules now and you know, finding as many different interesting things we can talk about with all these months leading up to hopefully, as you mentioned, the football season. So a lot of time to play out, but hopefully we'll have the season start in time and you can also eventually follow the games in our Clutch Points app. Um, but it, until then, we have all of our NFL content, uh, news, and all of our written content, all our opinion stuff, and then also our podcasting can be found within the app as well as obviously Apple and all the other places you guys listen to podcasts. So yeah, excited for uh, still a lot of things to talk about. You know, eventually maybe we'll have to come up with some more crazy creative ideas for these episodes. But at this point, there's still a lot of good, uh, you know, a lot of content for us to build around, even though we're not touching on news as much like uh, whatever might happen with Cam and all these other free agents that are still around. But still, yeah, a lot of fun stuff for us to get to here. By the way, I just looked up the uh, week one odds uh, and uh, the Chiefs are currently a 10 point favorite. At home against the Texans, right. I will take the Chiefs. Uh, if it was 14, I would still take them 
56 and a half is the over under from what I see. So um, I've taken the over and I've taken the Chiefs minus 10. So uh, if you're feeling bold, if you're feeling adventurous, uh, you can make that bet. But I would highly advise you not do that um, because, uh, remember, we are still at least four months away maybe from uh, things getting started. Uh, So uh, don't don't do that just yet. We're having fun here. But uh, Chiefs minus 10. Chiefs minus 10. Uh, all right, but uh, yeah, that'll wrap it up. Check out all the stuff we have going on for Clutch Points. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can find it on any podcast app you use. And uh, thanks as always to the fine folks at Blue Wire and Bet Online for all that they do. And thank you guys as always for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Established the Past podcast. <laughs>